Welcome back to the Evelyn Fusen Show. If you are a regular listener, you may have noticed I've been a little MIA lately. And if you are a real regular listener, you heard me prepare you towards the beginning of the year that that may be the case. Um, I'm really in a season of trying to honor um, the pauses and the rests of life. And I've really been in a season right now of going inward. Um, I enrolled into a program at the beginning of this month. It's a six-week coaching program that I'm a participant in. Um, and I have felt really led to make that my like ultimate focus right now. So I can continue to pour out and into um, my community and, and, and this community. So bear with me too in those pauses. I did a slew of recording in March, so it's not for lack of content that you haven't heard from me. It's just post-production, really, and as I don't really monetize this podcast, um, this is more just a labor of love, so I, I show up here, too, in the fullness of, of who I am and in the truth of that, and sometimes that means um, an irregular rhythm, so I hope that that is something that really challenges you in your own. Maybe there are parts and pieces of things that you're working on that just need to rest so that you can prioritize time um, in the ways and into the projects and the relationships and the communities that deserve your full attention. I was thinking about this today when I was working out that one of the things that I'm really doing right now in this attention, it's almost like I'm, I'm really dating myself in a way, um, not dating as in past, but dating as in like courtship. Um, really, really leaning in. And, um, and I've had some, I've had some pushback on that a little bit, um, especially too from uh, friendships that I don't know that will be able to withstand that. Um, there are have been some friendships too, who have taken that very personally, and who have seen um, seen my lack of being able to make them a priority right now, um, as a I guess, a death sentence to the relationship. And, and, and in some ways it might need to be, uh, and that's what happens and what, what can happen when we start prioritizing our own needs. There are relationships that have been built around, um, a past identity, a past paradigm or a past habit of how we have framed those up. And so the reaction could be the, the discourse may be that the relationship needs to end and that's okay. It's hard. It's hard sometimes um, to stand in what we need for ourselves when it means that people will leave. But at the same time, let's pick our hard, right? Is it hard to let go of the things that don't suit? Or is it really harder to continue in a way that doesn't honor the path forward that we need to be on? Uh, because really and truly, what are we here for? What are we here for? I feel like each of us has this beautiful internal blueprint, this internal purpose that we are here to live out. And is it not our duty and our job to be so committed to being ourselves, living into that purpose that uh, we get to actually experience that life um, that we were here to, to be, to be part of and to, um, to really get to dive into. All that to say, that's pretty much um, where I've been. I wanted to intro this next, this next 
podcast because we're kind of jumping back in and we'll have some regular episodes coming your way from that recording that I was doing a couple months ago. Um, For this first one on the docket, you actually got to meet Shelby if you listened to the last podcast. Um, Shelby Lewis uh, was a former client of mine. And um, and so you'll actually get to hear me say uh, last week on the podcast, um, and I just wanted to give a little behind the scenes. So it's not technically last week on the podcast. It's been a few weeks, but the last episode on the podcast, you got to meet Shelby. And so you're going to get to hear from her today, but in a little bit of different capacity. Uh, this time I brought her back on the show to do a live coaching session. So you're going to get to hear us go deep uh, and take a little peek behind the scenes of her life and her world and a little bit of a taste of what it looks like to be coached uh, by me. So thanks so much for being here in this community. Let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Evelyn Fusen Show. And if you were with me last week, you got to meet Shelby Lewis. Um, if you have not listened to that episode yet, definitely tune in. It's fantastic. But I invited Shelby to um, do a two-parter with me um, because she has been a former coaching client of mine. And not only is she super cult- coachable, but she is um, very brave and courageous and going in and doing the deep work that needs to be done. And so, um, and with her, um, what is the word? affinity for the stage, sometimes that lends itself as well. So um, I asked her if we could do an episode of coaching. So welcome back, Shelby. Thank you so much, Evelyn. And yeah, just from my acting training, it's all about, I'd say two things. You're learning how to be a five-year-old again, Mm. how to play, how to make weird sounds, how to do things that aren't flattering because they're fun. and have that abandon before people tell you to be quiet or that's not how you're supposed to act and things. Mm. And the other pillar is, uh, yeah, that affinity for the stage that like, um, in a psychological exploratory way because our art form is about humans. It's about how they tick and and, uh, how we can step into each other's shoes and, Sometimes theater is called a gym for empathy. Thought you'd like that one. Oh, I do. Isn't that cool? And so that's why we tell stories, right? We, um, or why we tune into stories because we are, are trying it out even when we're observing in a different way. So actors, that's their, that's their role. But in order to take on anyone else, we have to really know our instrument, which for actors is ourselves. Mm. We have to know where we're coming from, what our literal physical instrument is, which is our bodies and our voice. And um, we have to be able to access our emotional well and uh, in a safe way. So develop it. And um, yeah, it's just a lot of open heart on one sleeve work. And uh, having done that in training since seriously since I was 16 at a performing arts school and then at an undergrad BFA program 
um, and even a study abroad in Paris, which was kind of rolling around on the floor for four months, making weird things. <laughs> and it foundationally changed me as an artist and a human because it was all about that lack of judgment. Very French, um, very, ah, that sounds weird. It is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> but breaking open, yeah. Completely breaking open. So um, I really appreciate your words about that because I think we all have a proclivity towards wanting to be that open. Um, I think I'm just a little more practiced at it. And once you kind of make that big weird pose, then the normal poses seem not as satisfying. And I think that's the same with emotions. Yes. Once you explore those and become friends with them or become friends with those weird sounds, they become um, tools instead of terrors or something to avoid. So I am an open book and I have loud rush hour traffic outside. <laughs> so, so we'll be crying and then a motor will happen, but <laughs> glad to be here. <laughs> well, it's great. And if you've never heard, um, if you're, if you're new to the mindset, uh, life coaching world, what's really cool about all of this work is what's personal is universal. So even if we are talking about or Shelby brings up something that you feel like you might not be able to relate to, hang in there because the roots are probably something that you're like, I didn't even know that that's what I was also facing and or I'm facing this thing. I'm so glad she's bringing it up. So I love it because it is so relatable. And so, all right, what are we working on today, Ms. Shelby? Right. Well, um, I was thinking through this idea of, you know, if I had a magic wand, what would I want to shift about my current state? Um, about six months ago, you and I met when I was in quite a state and a little on the floor, like needing something to change that day, not even needing tools, just needing like a lightning bolt and um, you provided that in such a warm way. And so since then, I mentioned this a little earlier to you privately, I feel, I feel pretty good. It's been like a lovely journey of owning things that I had kind of let go in the past, uh, passions that I, I thought maybe had been gone too long or I hadn't attended to in a while. Um, just making friends with that again and having it really enrich my life and realizing it never left. <laughs> um, and it's all led me to prepare, I'm currently preparing to launch my first like service-based service -based, um, business. And uh, as a coach, more of an audition coach, um, which obviously includes acting, but um, I know in my heart now that I, that just being a teacher slash coach or just being an actor um, on its own isn't, by, by those solitary things wouldn't be satisfying enough for me. Mm -hmm. um, I've done students in my life where those were the only thing. And I'm really excited about this fusion or fusion. I'm just kidding. That's funny. <laughs> um, and I, I really feel like 
in mid-May um, in about like two months when I launch this, it's going to be, it feels like a next chapter. One chapter is closing and the next one's starting in a really clear way. So right now, what I wish would shift, even though I feel very clear, I feel very busy. Mm. And when the pandemic hit, I lost, I think, $8,000 worth of contracts in one day because I wow. work in theater and live was gone. <laughs> um, and so I had suddenly a clear schedule and I really looked inward to see which of those gigs that were completely plugging up my schedule, which ones I missed. And they were very few, including people, right? Like, oh, I always try and talk to this person once a week. And then I was like, you know what? Once a month would be plenty for that one. Um, and then that would give me other time. So I've been really working on clearing the calendar clutter. Uh -huh. And as I'm revving up to launch this business, I feel the expansion. I feel the abundance. I feel I've done so much work on being ready for that success. Um, and last week, even though I haven't launched yet, I got like a new client. Uh, I got a new client. I got a very random request to like create a program for 10 year olds to do Shakespeare. And I was like, for sure. You know? And, um, I, and, and so that's still all within my umbrella. And yet now I find myself very busy mm. and each of the gigs were very, are very fun and financially helpful. Um, but I'm, a, I had a resistance to, oh no, I don't want to be too busy or I don't want to be strung out. And I think what I've identified as my fear of success is that I think I equate success with early mornings, late nights, stress, no work-life balance. Even when I'm in a play as an actor, mm -hmm. I throw, you know, I, I forget to eat, you know, just when we get busy, sometimes that happens. Um, but I want to trust myself that I'm ready for success and ready for the amount of work it will take and is already taking and that I can handle it because as you and I identified, I'm ready for fame and fortune to be rich and famous we are ready. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I say that out loud, there's just a little boo on the side that goes, I don't know. <laughs> um, I think I'm ready as an authentic soul. And I just want to make sure bandwidth wise that I'm doing that in a healthy way. Okay. So I'm just going to make sure that I understand what you're saying. You have felt, you felt the release having a lot of margin with the beginning of pandemic. And now that things are kind of picking up, you've kind of solidified, you know, some big goals you're moving toward. And now more opportunities are opening as well, which you're taking on. You're afraid that you may lose yourself again into maybe a busier schedule than you would like, feeling more maxed in your energy than then maybe is ideal. Like 
that you don't know how to, um, we'll go with the word balance because that's the word that was coming up for me. Um, like a big emphasis for you on everything in its right place so that you feel balanced. Yeah, more of a marathon than a sprint is what I would love. I just do, I have no idea how to do that. Yeah. Well, yeah. let me liberate you for just a moment and say that nobody has the right routine for you. And nobody has the right strategy for you because your strategy and your routine will have to look different depending on the season that you're in and also who you are. And that shifts sometimes too. So something I want to notice or just acknowledge too is another reason that you're probably attracting more opportunities is because you are living into that expansion. So mm -hmm. when we allow ourselves to expand, we attract. We, it's very attractive. Life begets life begets life. Yeah. So, um, and we've talked before, sometimes there's a, um, an, an, a, a desire or a need to like, excel or to be the top and so I think what's going to become important is to take more time in assessing when opportunities come to you is this something for me now or is it something for me maybe in the future because I I think for you one of your biggest gifts probably is being able to see the possibility to get excited to really want to create, 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 which is beautiful. So it could be now, but just not right now, right? Yes. So really tuning into, for you, I think it will be important to really tune in to your energy when something comes in and to give yourself time to mull it over. Um, because I know you and I, I know you are a a plus high caliber human and you want everybody to feel seen and acknowledged by you and you want to be knocking it out of the park but there is only one Shelby and there will be more asks for your time and your energy so that's the first piece the second piece also um I'm wondering if there was someone in your life who may have modeled more of a burnout, more of a pace that you are fearful of? Mm. Yes. Oh, gosh. Uh, immediately comes to mind, my mom um, always is like, work hard, play hard, brings up a lot. I, I've worked since I was 16. She has like, she, so, and, and she has this entrepreneurial spirit. I grew up with her um, not only going to Dale Carnegie leadership classes, but coming home and having won it and had a little, like did a speech because she was the winner, you know, um, she's a Leo, she's a star, very competitive. And um, I don't remember once her not being front row of every play, everything like so busy. And so, and even when I was very young, um, my parents had their own business. And so they, so she had one or two jobs plus that. 
plus me never feeling like she wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so even talking about it now, it doesn't seem like burnout, like in my memories. I just think that was my model for that's what success looks like. That's what hard work looks like. Um, and I've worked through a lot of feelings of feeling bad in a way that I don't want to work that hard, but I want all the same perks. Yeah. (laughs) One of my biggest fears that someone would see me as lazy. Mm. That's like truly a fear of mine Mm. Um, that happens even today when I had such a back-to-back day, but when I finally had 15 minutes for a snack, I watched 15 minutes of television and I needed that Mm. but I there was a little little gremlin in my head that was like oh you're watching tv don't you have so many other things to do (laughs) (laughs) so that's yeah that's big and so I've, I've just never I don't think I've had a model for how, how that balance looks. And I don't even know if it's that my mom is not balanced. I just think she has more of that desire to achieve so hard. Yeah. And I want to achieve so soft, but just as big. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and so something I want to highlight too, there's a a coach by the name of Jennifer Kim, who I love Mm -hmm. and something she talked about too, and has talked about is she doesn't believe that there's such a thing as balance, but she believes that there's such a thing as harmony. Okay. And there's a difference because with balance, we feel like each, each carton, each area needs to be equal, but that's not always true, especially for multi-passionate creative people, because there could be a day where you have been in meetings all day. And depending on the energy of the meeting too, you might just be revved up. Like, mm, I am feeling like this is a 3am kind of night because I have all of these things that just have to get out of me mm-hmm. somewhere. And that's not everybody's process. Some people need more space and time but depending on depending on your energy and really tuning into what does Shelby need like what you did with the tv is great because I think we also need to change the narrative which which is watching tv is lazy okay Mm -hmm. some days like like let's say the weekend there are some days where we need that margin we need time like before our call right now Shelby while I was waiting for you to come on I was playing a candy crush okay like something that's like just not something I'm thinking super hard about and I'm just engaging my brain but it's a soft engagement I'm not inputting new data I'm not trying to you know learn a new gig because I'm similar in that I want to learn and I want to absorb and I want to take and create and implement. And there is, so I think also honoring yourself for knowing that you have the wisdom to go, okay, I need a snack and like a TV break. That to me doesn't seem like laziness. It seems like um, a tool that Mm. you've got in your chest and you are wisely implementing as you need 
And I think a lot of times too, we want to sometimes use those tools as an avoidance tactic. Sometimes we will pick a Netflix binge over something that we need to be doing um, or should be figured out a way to outsource or something, something that's feeling heavy, overwhelming. But again, too, a coach this week that I support, she told me, she said, a couple years ago, I had somebody tell me that overwhelm wasn't real, that either I'm underprepared or I'm not committed. And I was like, Ooh, that is nice because overwhelm is a stalling tactic usually too. I feel overwhelmed. I'm busy. Also a stalling tactic. So sometimes too, um, we want to make the dynamic into something or we add so many things in as a point to stall like we talked about, or avoid that success. I won't know how to do X when I reach this goal. I won't be resourceful enough. I won't be whatever that fill in the blank is when you get there. And so I think too, recognizing and looking back on each stage stage that you've been in, you know, you have learned. And I love that the pandemic almost has a reset for a lot of us on relationships, on our jobs, on how we even want to be spending our time. Do I want to be going into an office every day of the week? No, I actually really like remote work. It's actually been really good for me to be able to be home and be in my own environment that I chose for myself. And then some people are like, I, I, I love my environment, but I have to be out with people. Like I can't, I can't do this another day (laughs) and there's no wrong. It's just, we're learning what works best for us. So I think there's a piece here too of trust as well that comes into play to look at yourself because you are a person too, I would describe as resourceful. And so I think also putting that at the front of your mind When you're feeling like you are lacking or that you need a system or tools, you go out and you find it. You aren't making excuses for why you're not doing things. And so that's another thing to keep in mind when you are building towards the successful future. Yes, there are going to be corners that you round that you're like, okay, I'm one person. I can't do all of this. That's when you start incorporating a team. So remembering too, that this creative startup stage will not be forever. And there are challenges that come with building and, and curating a team, but hiring bad is a cost of business. (laughs) It's a cost of life. (laughs) So that's going to be something again. So sometimes too, I think when we also think too far ahead in our business, And we're like looking down at the like, okay, I'm going to make a million dollars this year. We go to, well, I made a million dollars. Now what? And it's like, how about the first dollar sister? Where did we, where did we pull that one from? Because then we start going ahead of ourselves and going like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm going to get there. It's like, well, we haven't left the garage. So we don't need to be worried about which interstate we're going to take right now. because we're still right here. Does that make sense? It does. It really does. And and this idea of also like the unicorns on YouTube or Instagram or the people like the the vernacular of, 
zero to a hundred thousand whatever's on any platform. I think that's this huge pressure of success mm-hmm. that kind of was part of my reason for leaving Los Angeles the first time um, as an actor. Um, and just to clarify, you mean having followers, like the larger amount of like following is an indicator yeah. for success? Yeah. So like YouTube, there are just some people who have went from zero to a hundred thousand subscribers in six months or, um, you know, anyone who goes viral on any of the platforms, these millionaire TikTok humans, you know, or million followers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't resent them at all. It's just that I, that feels like that's the only success is when it's fast. Mm. And I am really open to that not having to be true. Um, I think we are on that hamster wheel, even with relationships, right? Of like, okay, great. This one will work. Let's get the ring on it and (laughs) stuff like that. Uh, COVID really um, helped me pause. A friend of mine calls it the great pause, which I really enjoy. And like you said, it clarified so much of what I want to keep and what I want to let go or what doesn't serve me anymore. Um, And so I I hear that about the creative startup stage not being forever. And I'm wondering how how I can feel successful with like a modest five-year plan. (laughs) It feels so uh doable and healthy and still joyful but it feel but then the story comes in of like that's so boring and you should do it faster or you know that like hustle energy Mm -hmm. well it's very pervasive especially in our culture it's a very very push 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 energy and if you actually look at the health metrics of our society you'll see what that's brought us. (laughs) We're the sickest, most overweight, most medicated in the world. So that's why I just don't, I don't want that, but I, I correlate that with, if you really want to succeed, it's the lack of sleep, the eating, whatever you can. Um, I've never done drugs or anything, but, but, you know, alcohol, you know, like all of those just fixes just to get you through and I'm really ready to work very hard. And yet I'm scared that I'll go over that line, burnout, and then not really see something through. Mm-hmm. Even a business like this that is so personal and so culminating, like it's just, I, I wouldn't even call it like a baby <laughs> that I'm about to birth. It's more like, me coming out in a way um, and I'm not of the queer community and I'm not um, pretending to know what that experience is like, but there's some kind of debut that it feels like because it's so authentic. It feels so, this is me, um, here I stand in my power. Um, It is also kind of announcing myself as I do all these things 
and I'm the through line and that's enough mm. rather than trying to make myself be a certain title, like only one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't, uh, I don't know how, how much to hustle versus harmonize mm -hmm. in the harmony way. <laughs> right. Well, let me ask you this. What are signs of success for you? How do you know when you're successful? When I have money in the bank, even these little gigs that I took on that felt pretty energetically within the zone, but immediately I was like, oh, that probably wasn't <laughs> helpful to my larger goal right now or what I'm focusing on. Uh -huh. But the gosh, they felt the best part about it is that I'm getting paid well. Uh -huh. And since the pandemic, that has not happened. Um, it's happened sporadically. Um, and it's, that's my biggest thing. If I had not only money in the bank, but like truly, um, just an account that was just there to never be touched, like a little hoarder energy. <laughs> well, it's scarcity. Scarcity. Yes. Mm -hmm. Completely. And I've been really working on that. And then suddenly these gigs came last week and I thought, oh, this is great. This is the abundance. But I wonder if I said yes out of scarcity instead of huzzah, this is exactly in line because I haven't really been able to touch my business as much as I wanted this week. Mm -hmm. and and uh feel a little run down you know but I'm working the long hours um so is that to be I guess I don't know what like a great work day looks like and I know it can be different for everybody and diverse but for someone who is ready to work really hard but still wants to stay healthy mentally and physically what would what would a day like that look like what would it look like what would feel delicious mm. for you like let's talk about a typical week mm. what would feel really um delicious oh i love and again, that let's let's remove let's go ahead and we're going to live in the truth of the matter, which is you will always be supported. You will always be provided for. And every, all the abundance that you desire is available with and to you. That's there. So as you consider your dreamiest, yummiest week, what does that look like? Oh, um, Monday, sorry for the cards, um, no cards outside, um, Monday, getting up every day, having my morning, like ideally I, I have a very lovely curated morning routine I do if I have an hour, um, and I usually get up a little early to do that, um, but to just know that that is completely protected. Um, 
And who is going to protect that hour? In the dream, in the dream state? In every state. Cause it every sounds state. like this is essential. It mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Me. And I'm, and I'm quite good at that today, for instance, though, I just woke up and wasn't feeling very well. So mm -hmm. that's what got compromised. I still did like a mini version of it, but that has become a, a yeah, something that I do protect um, or make sure I do a bit of. And I'm, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. Yes. Um, so it's interesting, right? On the day that you weren't feeling your best, you compromised something that was very essential with mm -hmm. and for you, right? Which is so common. Mm. This is what we do. Um, and, and it's such an interesting thing, right? Because on the days where we're feeling stretched, where we're feeling thin or, or those things are coming up. Yeah. Those are going to be the days. There goes my mic. Nora's here with us. Kitchen. <laughs> um, those are going to be the days that you need to covet your practice mm -hmm. or your grounding and maybe the practice looks a little different right but that hour maybe the grounding ritual does look a little different maybe it's more tender you sit in a closet you light a candle whatever that is maybe it can still morph with you but isn't it fascinating that mm -hmm. again you're feeling so stretched and we compromise the one thing that is supposed to be truly essential to helping you thrive yeah because if I if I did my full morning this morning after giving myself and feeling a little bad for sleeping in slightly um, I woke up and actually one of my ears was plugged up mm -hmm. um, I don't know if this just the temperature changes have been weird and we've been traveling but I woke up and it's not that I couldn't hear out of my right ear, but I, it was as if there was an earplug in it and it's still there, <laughs> it's still there. Um, and I knew I needed, there was, the, my body's just saying, you know, I need to um, rest more. And I only really let myself do that a certain amount. And then, yeah, I, I, I did my mini thing. But if I had done my full morning then, I would not have submitted three auditions that I got that are important to the longer term goal. So I guess what, what, like I do my morning so that I'm prepared for the opportunities I want, but then when I'm faced with that decision. So could there have been another day that you submit those or we were on like a hard deadline? Interesting. You should ask that, Evelyn. <laughs> it, uh, it was a hard deadline today, but I did get them last yesterday, like late afternoon. So I could have done them at night. Um, and I do have a practice. I have an audition journal where I, um, anytime I do one, I write it down mostly just to like uh, keep myself in a discipline of it and, and reflect. I get that from my boyfriend who's a um, musician and he would ask himself certain questions after every one. And orchestral auditions are day long, life-changing, <laughs> huge like conference versions of auditions. Um, I just had to do like 
a, a sportswear lipstick situation <laughs> that didn't take that long, but I could have done it the night before. So something I wrote on my reflection, which kind of let me release it was, oh, doing this in the morning is not uh, great because I have a stressed energy about it and it doesn't allow for um, unexpected things. And so I love that idea of overwhelm. You're either unprepared or not committed. And I, I can plan out a week and everything has exactly the amount of time it needs, but it doesn't allow for any change in that. And that's what makes me feel overwhelmed. And yet then is the other, in my head, the other option is if you have these seven things to get done this week, do all of them as soon as you can, like really front load them, stay up late, do the two and a half days so that they're done and then have the rest of the week. But again, I don't know if that's healthy. Well, it's, I don't know that it's essentially, like we said, it's, it's not, it doesn't have to be healthy for everyone, mm-hmm. but it needs to be healthy for you. Right. So if front loading feels good, front load, if it doesn't, then don't. And not all, like, not everybody does well with a fixed routine. I do not. Mm-hmm. I really thrive on change. Like I have to change my environment. I have to change how I'm sitting, where I'm sitting. Um, I like to go work in other places a lot because Mm -hmm. I really need change. Um, And that is really good for me. And some people really need consistency. They really need to be in a consistent environment space, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really depends on what works best for you. And sometimes maybe that's going to look like trying things out. So you could, you could essentially make a few different models for your week and see Mm -hmm. how they fit and not your entire week. Now take this again. Remember who you're talking to. (laughs) I don't do well with rigid structure. I almost rebel and like refuse it. It's like Mm -hmm. that little, it's like a tantrum inside. We're like, yeah, (laughs) you're trying to control me. Watch what happens. (laughs) It's this thing that happens for me. So I have to strategically really think about what I want it to look and feel like. Um, and how do you plan your week? So I plan the elements that I have to have or that I'm working towards. Um, and like other things, like if people have asks on my time for the teams that I support, I look to see if I can handle it. But for me, I really have found too that I also, I don't like to take on anybody else's stuff until about 11 or 12, Mm -hmm. until about five, four or five. And that tends to be like really, because for me, my mornings are sacred. And sometimes that looks like journaling. Sometimes it looks like allowing myself to sleep longer. Sometimes it looks like I'm getting breakfast with a friend. It depends on how the rest of my day is going. I really, really check in with my energy around how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling really tight and constrained, I've also learned how to cancel and reschedule mm-hmm. because the, the, the truth of the matter is here that we are all like, no one's our savior, right? Nobody's going to come in and, and clean up the mess for us. We might have partners we can lean on, but they can never know what the internal world 
like of our being feels like. And if it's feeling chaotic and stuck and stifled, like we have to be the people who come in and, and figure that out. So I think there's a piece too, we, like we talked about, about trust and integrity, being an in integrity with what like you need for yourself and building those in small moments, like a lot of times, and this was surprising to me, I don't remember the stat, but there are a lot of times where people actually don't follow through on things that they set for themselves, which I find interesting because I will not write something down usually for myself that I'm not committed to. I'm very conscientious about it. Um, but if it's like a to-do list, like a, like a Friday thing or something where I have a to-do list of things that have to get done and I'm feeling tight or constrained, I will pick the top three that have to get done. And the rest I'm like, this can get moved. This is negotiable. Mm -hmm. And so really, really checking in, like you are the CEO you are the one who's running everything. And if you're pouring from an empty cup, it's going to show up for your clients. It's going to show up in your offerings and you are going to feel that burnout and that stress and strain. And sometimes too, even in the startup, it is figuring out like maybe it's going to be a little more strained at first and that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's, it's get but it also gets to look and feel like the journey that you want. Cause I, and that's something like I, um, I, I've seen, you know, the, the shotguns, the people who yeah. fly forward. Um, my first business coach, she, she made her first, I think six figures in six months, but it took some hustle, hustle, hustle. And it took a lot, a lot from her. She went through a period when she was first starting out her first month in, bus in business, she made $442. Okay. So five months later, she's <laughs> in her six figures. She, and she, she was working with like by month two or three, I can't remember how many one-on-one -on -one clients that she'd signed up for, but like I took on, but I feel like it was like in the twenties, like something incre incredibly like stifling, but it's something that she learned. Like I can't sustain this. This is not sustainable. So in these phases too, it's going to be a matter of also trying things on, you know, it, what it looks like, what it feels like, and it gets to ebb and flow and change. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be so sussed out to begin with. And, and you're going to find, okay, well, these do have a hard deadline. I'm going to have to find some space tomorrow in my day. Um, but what I want you to start doing is figuring out if that is like that, we didn't even do your whole ideal week, sorry. But if that like first hour ritual is something that is essential for you to operate and really feel good in your life, then it becomes a non-negotiable. So that means that going forward, you treat it like you treat it like 3 a.m., right? You're not going to wake up in the middle of the night 
to go and do something that you have a deadline for. You're going to figure out the time. So maybe it meant like looking at, okay, what's flexible on my schedule? This is actually something I want to do. It's time sensitive and it needs to get done. So where is it going to come out of? Um, and, and really, and, and, you know, realistically, Shelby, there might be a day where you're going to have to give it up because emergencies happen and you'll get to flesh that out for yourself um, because life does happen. But if it's happening consistently where we're giving that away, then mm. what's to say that we aren't going to protect our health? So I think there's a piece here too of really being vigilant and really paying attention to how you're feeling. So as you said too, after you took the gigs, energetically, you didn't feel as high vibe. You took them because they were financially something that felt expansive. But as a whole, you really actually wanted to be putting your energy into the business. So that taking away, and that's a choice too, right? You're always going to be making choices around where to put your energy, what to check in around. So again, with those two things, if you, you know, there are sometimes too, we have non-negotiables. I have to pay a bill by Friday. This showed up, I'm going to do it. But recognizing too, that if you take the energy from the thing that also, that feels really expansive, you could actually be robbing yourself from a larger payday because mm. we're always making choices with our energy. Okay. So, which is, I did a podcast um, several months ago around boundaries and saying no, and recognizing that our like empowered no makes room for our most empowered yes because there is still going to be this um this place so we get to choose right and we're we're always going to be robbing something um there was a book that i had a friend she talks about it all the time it's called choosing to cheat mm. and um because there's always going to be asks for our time and our energy. And so like, like, let's say tonight, you know, you and I had to shuffle some things around and I ask you, Hey, you want to do another one tonight, even though it's feeling good, but you had planned to hang out with Ryan. And like, if you don't, you're going to cheat him that time and your relationship. So are you going to cheat towards the relationship? Or are you going to cheat towards the ask? And sometimes they are different. Not always the relationship is going to win out but really checking in with yourself around, okay, is it coming from me? Am I cheating myself? Am I cheating a relationship? Am I cheating the vision and the future of my company really? Because when I say yes to things that divide my time and take me away from this, this really like beautiful place I'm in, mm -hmm. is it really in service to the long vision? Is it really in service to where you're headed? Because that too is usually from a place of scarcity. Yeah. And just taking the time, I was even thinking about my morning routine and how long that took to craft and how the first time I did it, uh, you know, I just read a couple books about why that's so important and tried their stuff and only took a third of it. And it took me like two and a half hours the first time to do all the things that it said to try. And now I really have everything on my list and even the order of it really leaves me energized for the day um and is so so maybe i think about that with my my work uh my my business and it's funny 
the, the idea of the yummiest week, I think is actually quite simple, which is I don't do anything until 11 and then I get to do whatever I feel like because I love to work. And if I've given myself space in the morning and taken time to, I like to do a big, we call it 11sies because we're nerds and love Lord of the Rings. And so around 11, we have like a big brunch meal and that's, we've been trying out like intermittent fasting. So we don't really eat until then just to kind of extend that fast. And that's really helped us um, health wise. And then I also love brunch so hard. And now it feels like we have brunch every day because I just make a huge, <laughs> and it's this, and it is like this in the morning, I've checked some like random emails. And so I, I just, I, I've really been crafting that morning, not just my one hour routine, but what makes me feel good work-wise so that I've dealt with all of the things like you mentioned of ICU and <laughs> Um, I really appreciate that tool of if someone offers me something, I will, I will get back to you tomorrow about that, you know, like making sure I take time to decide. I, I read something the other day from, um, I think it was the minimalists and they said it was about calendar clutter and this idea of, um, excitement isn't the same as, um, Oh, shoot. What was it? Excitement's not the same as like a passion, right? Like it might be shiny at first. And as we were talking about on the last episode of what rich and famous means to each of us, one of the things that makes me feel rich, rich and famous will be being sought after. I want people so much to give mm. me offers. I don't want to have to audition anymore. I actually love auditioning, which is why I'm a coach <laughs> for it. <laughs> But I, I would love to be offered these opportunities and what happened last week and me now doing the things um, was important for my business because I'm in a program right now on a payment plan and I did need that money. So I'm grateful for that. Um, and then next time this comes around, because like, you're right, there will be more offers. Um, I will, I will get to be more strategic about it. And if I do quote unquote, have to take it for the money, I will know that it's in service of my business. And even this week I've been as packed as I am, I've been pretty good about uh, only giving myself a certain amount of time to get something done rather than having it take my whole day. So that delicious week, I really think the 11 to five resonates with me too. I get quite a bit done before 11, but that's all on my own terms. I almost get like the small stuff done, like the noise mm -hmm. and the new things. And then I put them all in different places. And then at 11, I sit down and I put my phone over there, put on a certain music um, I do like Dumbledore's office ambiance music and sounds of books. Like that's all. <laughs> I go into my nerd place, my mind palace. Um, and I think just talking to you, I'm realizing how much I actually do have that delicious week set up. And that's why I'm feeling such resistance and a tiny bit of guilt about like disrupting it a little bit, you know? 
it's still yielding some productive results. I, in the actual things, I'm, when I'm live with people, it is a blast and it does give me, is very life-giving. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have three things at once, after a couple weeks of travel where I couldn't touch my business either. Um, and that was its own restorative place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a lot. So I, I just love this idea of thinking of it as information of, I set up something, I've diverged from it. And that was information that that wasn't what it was helpful for and what it wasn't. Well, and then there was the topic too of success, right? There was something that um, I think Serge sent me or he was talking about how, um, and it was somebody with a lot of money, (laughs) but he was talking about how like success are in the small moments, right? The success of life. It's that every day you get to have brunch with Orion. Those are the everyday things the everyday parts and pieces of your life that are repetitive, that are the uh, in-between phases, because we're always going to be moving towards higher metrics or growing or, or whatever. But the things that stick with you throughout are, are sometimes a lot of the most mundane, but the most magical, because that's what your life is actually made up of. And so I think like, we talked about to this, this idea, more followers. Well, and maybe it's true on YouTube. I'm not sure because I'm not sure how monetization works, but just having followers doesn't also equate to a bigger bank account. Not really. Um, it doesn't. And a lot of people who have had that happen have a a video of like, this is why this happening made this the best and worst year of my life, right? I think I'm afraid of going big. I'm afraid of going into that arena space that it will be, I'm afraid of the worst part of it. Mm. Like I won't be able to handle it. And maybe you won't. (laughs) So what if, so what if you, what if it is too much? (sighs) What am I afraid of? That I, retreat I guess like when everything went away because of the pandemic I missed or I was sad about the money I was so but the 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 main thing I felt immediately and afterwards was relief Mm. I I felt scared about the money and but if I had had a certain amount of savings in the bank I, I think I would have only felt relief. (laughs) Um, So let's try this on for size. What if you're already successful right now? What if you're doing the things that you love and working towards a built a business that you love, that is fully embodied of who you are. You're with a partner that you love and adore who really supports you and gets you. You're moving to the place that you want to be. You're pursuing everything in your life that you want to be pursuing. You're attracting clients what if right now this is success? I just don't want to be poor anymore. Well, and that's the thing too. So you're dialing all of that in. You're creating the offers. You're creating the business so you can make the offers, right? 
So you're actively in process of, of what that's going to look like. And definitely for sure, um, more money mindset stuff here always. Um, but remembering too, like we, what we focus on expands. So, um, money, money meditations, like abundance meditations too, on, on, um, YouTube, listening to those things, really yeah. steeping yourself and remembering too, that you are already abundant. Cause when we come from a place of lack of scarcity, we're creating that actually we're creating the environment for more. If we are actually focused on the abundance and the expanse, we're making room for that to flow to us. Does that make sense? Completely does. And I feel like I am, I have so much gratitude and yet the idea just with money specifically, mm -hmm. I, this last week I've had a lot come in. I've woken up and I've looked at my phone and I've get been, I've been paid like surprise payments. That's the most delicious. Mm. Like that's the rich and famous part, but it's for things that technically I'm not like a hundred percent loving. Um, and so I think I have this. See, but here's the thing you're, you're bringing in more money and still the scarcity is still talking. Oh the yeah. Scarcity is still there going. This isn't sustainable. This isn't, you know, what about tomorrow? What about next week? What about next month? And the voice says a lot. I think the limiting belief is I will only make money doing, I won't make money, the money that I want doing the thing that I want, which is what you and I talked about last six months ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this business that I'm launching, like I said, is so authentic and should this past week's money that came in is only an indication of what this business will be. I got a dream client that I'm designing this program for just two months before my launch. So I'm doing like a separate kind of curated thing for her mm -hmm. at my current rate. So it's only proof of concept. Um, and yet I see it, it's, it, it feels like a reminder that, I don't know, like the only time I've ever really made money was when I had a nine to five. And uh, I'm really trying to bust, bust that out. It's just hard without a model. And, my, and I talked about my mom earlier my parents had a business when I was younger um, and it, and they didn't, they decided to close it, you know, right. it was doing fine, but it never popped. It never got to the place where they could then sit back. It was always, so the only model I really have from an entrepreneurial perspective is being so in awe of that spirit and yet seeing them work so hard and it's still not ever giving them a break. Mm. And then it's not even the, the, the failure part or the giving up. I, I don't really feel it as that. It just, it, it seems extra hard. And so I don't really know. I don't have it, anyone in my family that would, that has modeled it going well, but they all have an entrepreneurial 
inventor spirit like I do. Did the end of that business lead to more expansive places for your parents or not? In a way, um, it did for my mom, I believe, um, because of those other jobs she was doing, she was kind of, she kind of had two trajectories. So when that business closed, the other one really expanded. Mm. And, but my, my dad was really, not that his identity was tied with that business, but he was very good at it. And just like you and I have talked about, we would love to just be the talent, right? He was the talent. My mom was the, the business front of house side. Mm -hmm. And it took a long time. Like my mom always wore the pants as far as like making more money and, and having the steady job. Um, as my dad was trying to figure out whether he could keep doing that, but maybe in someone else's business or um, what maybe else he'd want to do because his undergrad major was very different than his grad. Mm -hmm. So, um, and he has now landed in a place that brings him a lot of joy, but she kind of had the normal trajectory that found a lot of expansion afterwards. Um, and I think she thrived in that place of being the person who provided um, and they always, I don't know, I just had a great childhood. There was, I, I would never have known there was any issues. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just looking back now as an adult, um, I, I wonder how that was for them. You know, but that's kind of what I grew up with day to day. Um, yeah. Do you believe that things in our life happen when and as they should for our highest good? I do. I say that every day in my morning routine, <laughs> so I should. <laughs> um, no, I, I do. And I believe that that is the truth of the universe mm -hmm. and energy mm -hmm. and that it's, if there's any block, it's from me. So I don't, I think that the universe is inherently ready to give me good. And if it's not coming, I'm, I'm not in the flow or I'm blocking something. Could it also be that you're not ready? that it's only giving you the things in the divine time that you need them in the right time. Maybe, but I, I feel pretty at capacity this week, but maybe I'm right at, but I'm, I'm all my clients are happy. I just know it's a busy week for me. No, I just mean success in general, because there's this big piece of pressure that you're putting on yourself that you want to make sure that you can do this thing and you can succeed and make money from this passion specifically. Mm. It's a lot of pressure to put on yourself. It's very uh, emotionally grueling too, right? Because it's almost like, well, I'm passionate about this thing, but I only like, I want it to be right and correct and the correct right thing. I've got to tweak it just so hard so that I know it's going to be successful. Yeah, that really resonates. I, I, and that's what I think I, I'm looking for 
the sprint versus marathon. Like I, I'm very open to and aware of me wanting to not put everything on this one launch, like giving my brand new business three years to even get to something that would really be helpful. I did have a little bit of a, a heartbreak because during COVID, I realized I miss Shakespeare so much. So I made a YouTube channel and after almost a year had a moment of, oh, this really isn't going to make me any money for a long while. It will. I genuinely believe that, but I had to go back to the reason I even started it, which is kind of a passion project and to create a community that I would eventually make this business for. So now I'm making the business and, um, but I think there was a bit of a heartbreak of that, of like, this is going to be the thing that would be my passive income. Like, please give me some passive income. That's all I want. Someone asked me that once of like, what would be, you know, kind of your dreamiest job? And I was like, I literally want to wake up and see money, new money in my account and know that I've helped people and like have a live interaction with maybe one person I can impact a day. And the yeah. rest is available for a lot of people, a lot of impact, but, um, which sounds kind to of, me like an evergreen course, like a course yeah. that people can purchase. And that's what it is. That's what it is. And so that feels so energetically healthy to me. Um, because when I have an opportunity to show up, I show up really hard. And so I have to protect the scheduling of me having to show up mm -hmm. and I'm get and I've gotten a lot better, a lot better because my schedule before the pandemic was not healthy. Um, and I, I just, I found so much goodness through this pause. And I feel like even now I'm really revving up in a slow, perfect way. I don't like to use the word perfect, but a, a, a really authentic way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I think just giving myself permission to even give myself like five years to have a big win in Hollywood, in this business. What if it's six months? Why are you so tied? Why are you so tied to a timeline? I'm curious about this. Because I used to be tied to a super small timeline, right? Like the unicorn idea of six months to make it or I'm out. And so I'm trying to like reframe it in a longer timeline, but I appreciate you even challenging me on why is there a timeline at all? I guess, I guess maybe I'm afraid that I won't like, work hard without a deadline or that's not Has true. that been the case before? Cause I feel like you're pretty industrious. I am, but when I had the pause, I really liked not doing anything. And that doesn't mean that I, I mean, I finally read books. Like I was always doing something, but it wasn't outwardly productive. Ah, and it's the show the showing of productivity that um, I, I feel like has been the, the hustle of my life. And I give the impression of being very ambitious and being very productive. And even for me to take a little pause on my YouTube channel to not do something weekly 
but I finally announced that I'm like gonna try for once a month y'all but there's there's content if you want to watch it so that maybe really a maybe a great question to be asking too is am I doing x to appear busy or productive or am I doing x because it's actually moving me in a direction that's in alignment with where I'm going and, and maybe that looks like rest. Maybe that does look like a pause, mm -hmm. whatever, because that still is productive mm -hmm. because when we are moving the needle around things that we need, that pause, that TV snack, right? That's productive. Even this business, it is, um, I have this great language from, um, joy knows how, um, Deanna joy, um, of a season of focus and she's the one who introduced me to human design um, and found out that i'm a manifester you're a generator um, as a manifester she brought in this language of okay you're gonna have a season of focus around this for 90 days per my goals and then the month after that you're resting and then after and i was like whoa 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 what and just the idea the idea that I would have a month of not only not showing anything, but like not even building anything. I told her in that moment. And then even a week later of, so, of like you, that blew my mind. So I've never, I have never had a season of rest, mm. like a, a, a planned, you know, after a show, which is manifestor parade mm -hmm. of getting the part doing the rehearsals thinking it's never going to come together opening night oh my gosh a run closing night so sad but yay and i i'm just dead to the world we crash and i am some people are surprised to hear that i'm an introvert and i'm an infj on myers-briggs which is actually known as a career extrovert so i'm an actor i am out there i am on when i need to be on but when I, how I refuel is don't talk to me for four days. I will be in my sweet spot with incense and a candle and essential oils and a book. And that's it. And it's comfy clothes. <laughs> so like that it's honoring that part of me and realizing now that that's not lazy, but right. That's uh, your energetic blueprint. That's the way that you is that you thrive. And that's the thing too. I, like I mentioned earlier, but I don't think I mentioned it on our episode. I've got a few episodes too about human design coming up because I really, really been diving into it because I think that we, <laughs> we put such a strain on the world to operate and act like, um, manifesting generators i think is is usually that this energy we we must make it happen and we must go and hustle and hustle and hustle and push and push and push and that's not how we're all designed to work there's no, only one type so that's designed to really work and it still needs pause but that has the energy to be here to work there's only one type it's the generators okay but even within that, you still are like, I make my own, like I keep working every day, but I, I make my own, I decide what that is. 
And I think that's what I maybe just have to give myself more permission for is I, I, the first part of the week is really good for me. And even within a week, I need rest. Yeah. And even those, it's literally 12 minutes every day. I don't give myself 12 minutes to watch TV and eat, but that's what it is every time. Like after 12 minutes of watching whatever, right now it's like a fashion show, Mm -hmm. reality competition. That's my candy crush. I feel completely reset. It's amazing. Yeah. I, well, and, and I give myself permission to do as long as I need. And that's, I think, why the 12 minutes is so much enough. Mm-hmm. But if I said I'm only giving myself 12, I think I'd be nervous every minute. I remember this agent's assistant who, like a talent agent, um, they're quite stressed out. So that's another model I had of if you're in the business, you know, I, I never wanted to be an agent. That seems so, such a horrible lifestyle but huge part of the industry and so necessary. I'm glad there are people that are like that, but he got his boss um, for Christmas or for birthday, a massage. And the masseuse came to her office and brought the table and everything. So she didn't have to leave. And after the 20 minutes or whatever, hopefully it was longer than that, but the way this guy told it, I'm not sure the masseuse left and he was like, Oh, so how was it? And she was like, um, it was horrible. I was afraid every minute that it was going to end. <laughs> like counting the minutes, anytime there was a little pleasure, it was all about, well, it's going to end any minute. It was this worry that she didn't even like, completely, completely yeah. scared. So I have that about money. I've worked on it so long and so hard and there's so much work to still be done. But I think the time and the calendar scarcity like I'm very, I'm, it has been, uh, is something I should give myself credit for more than I realized. Yeah. I have really been careful and thoughtful about what I've brought back since the plague <laughs> and the great pause. <laughs> and so if I can do that for that, for calendar scheduling, um, and it's okay to have a couple moments where, oops, I let one too many things in last week of all the offers or or 6 million moments, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so I think there's still a pressure here, Shelby, where you are really like, you want to give yourself just a little bit of margin, but not too much because you feel like you're going to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And I still think, I still think that that's you also finding, um, some peace in your rest finding some peace. And because I, I do think that the passion that you have, the creative energy that you have, I don't really think that that's going to allow you to stay in the, the rest forever. Like you have this innate desire to create, to participate. That's true. Yeah. During the pandemic, I made a YouTube channel. (laughs) And So. so like remembering, like that's part of who you are. And if if there is a hiccup, if there is something and and you decide I've got to change this again, instead, just like learning how to roll around on the floor with that class, this is an ever evolving process. And if you decide to have kids or you integrate a new class or something, there's always going to be, um, this co-creative process between you and life that you get to rework and make sure it works for you. 
And mm. if you make a mistake, it's not really a mistake. It's just the cost of learning. Um, mm. And it's how we figure out, that's how we found like great partners for ourselves. There were other costs. There were other freights that had to be paid because we had to learn about ourselves. We had to learn about what works and what doesn't, what we like so and what true. we don't. And so, so maybe, that's actually a really good metaphor. Sorry for interrupting you, mm-hmm. but that really resonated with me of like, when you talked about what, you know, maybe I'm successful right now, a huge part of that is my partner. Like I found him. Right. And it's been six beautiful years and, um, or almost six, five and a half, (laughs) but it has like magic eight ball. Will that happen with my career? I think that's the thing. Like I dated all of these frogs. Some of them were, Ooh, there's 80% there or that's negative five. I'm not doing that again. Right. And it was a lot of back and forth, back and forth. And finally, I was so ready to receive exactly who he was because I had refined what I, I was looking for, what I wasn't going to compromise, um, what I what were my non-negotiables and what were my like dreamy dream things. And I got him. Mm-hmm. No one's perfect, but we're pretty close. <laughs> like I found my nerd artist intelligent, warm, thoughtful, communicative, handsome as hell, buddy. (laughs) Like I just, I found him. And so even though within finding, and then, you know, we, we revise our relationship all the time as well, but there was this kind of like meeting him was a bit of a, of a platform that like, I'm at the top of the stairs. Okay. Finally. Like within two weeks of each other, we said, oh my God, we don't have to date anymore. Like we just knew. <laughs> and we were so grateful. So that's, that's, I think it resonated with me so much because that's what I'm nervous I'll never find, I guess, right? Of with my business, just because I've never felt that yet. But I, in a relationship metaphor, I feel like I've dated everything I needed to. And what I'm building right now as an actor and as a coach feels like my dream guy, Mm. whether I was going to say, whether I even meet him or not, but it kind of was like, I know now what that is. And this feels really right. And Something I want to also like presence again is you are that Enneagram three, right? Which is the performer. Is that, is that right? You know what? I am. I'm a four. You're a four. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a two wing three. I'm a helper. Okay. So I would, I would look into that too, just a little bit on your free weekends, you know? Um, (laughs) No, I would, I would look into that as well to see what your stress type looks like and what your health type looks like um, for Mm. that too, um, because that will also give you some indicators too, to look for some tools to know 
when you're out of alignment or you might be compromising some of those things. Yeah. Um, that's going to be helpful. You said it's the stress and the what? The health. So like when you are a two, I don't know what your health number is, but I know your stress number is actually my number, which is an eight. Mm. Um, so when we're in stress, we adopt almost, we, we can look like a different number. We adopt characteristics of that number. Um, and so you, you have basically a stress type and a healthy type. And so the healthy type is just more to integrate yourself into, but for me as an eight, I stress and look like a five, which is called Mm -hmm. the analyst. So analysts usually have, they really compartmentalize their energy. They stick up high walls and they like, they're getting all kinds of data. They become very secretive, very like, I'm going to just burn the town down with all these details that I know. Like I so quick, if I'm feeling threatened, like I'm like, I am making a hit list and I'm coming to play. So, (laughs) um, yeah. So anyway, which, um, there's an episode where Serge and I talk about our types, which Mm -hmm. might be fun for you to listen to. He's a three. And so we talk about some of those dynamics as well, but I bring Mm -hmm. that up as something, again, just a tool to put into your toolbox to be able to see, um, when you might be, might be deviating, But Mm -hmm. there's another piece here I wanted to add because it felt really um, life-giving to me. So I was listening to a podcast last week or this week, so many of them. So there was a guy who was talking about, um, he had a relationship, like a friendship with um, Richard Branson, who owns Necker Island and is super wealthy. And he asked him, he was like, Richard, you've been interested in space for a long time, but you would never really fully back it. And I'm just wondering like why you didn't go in sooner. And he was like, well, I just didn't have enough liquid assets in order to do all of that. So I waited. And he was like, if Richard Branson is having liquidity issues, Mm. what does that mean for the rest of us? Yeah. And there was something too, I feel like we do, um, especially you know, they say your first million is the hardest, right? But then once you've done it, you know that you can do it. And usually what I hear from business owners too, successful business owners who have built it, I don't care if I lose my company tomorrow. I mean, I care, but I know what I need to do in order to generate wealth and do it better, quicker, whatever. Right. So in this space, like, I think we almost glamorize like the summit of this is where I want to be. I want to be untouchable. I want to be comfortable, all of these things Mm -hmm. and recognize that even at the summit of this next goal, there's going to be more things on the other like trajectory of it, where we have to learn. Like we talked about too, once you pass the startup and once you start adding team, there's a whole other list of dynamics that come into play that you get to engage with. So Mm -hmm. I think part part of being where you are now is really allowing yourself to be where you are now and learn how to love this phase too. Really Mm -hmm. making, um, you're not settling by making peace and finding joy in this area and looking for the ways like, oh, because I'm not being sought after right now, it allowed me to have extra time with Orion today after our 11 C's. Yeah. (laughs) You know, or whatever that is. 
and it and it will shift and change and you will get to pick and choose and and decide where your time is going to be held you know and even even on the backside like I, i'm i'm not one to fight for our limits and say well just stay here because it's comfortable you know, I would yeah. never say that to you, but I am saying that there are benefits also to finding the joy and the peace and the, the harmony that exists right now in this mm-hmm. in-between place, because those ambitions and those things that drive us and pull us forward, they're great. They cause that friction. They keep us reaching for a little bit more. And that gratitude that you talked about is so important. It expands us. It keeps us really mindful and grateful of what's in front of us so there's this um this beautiful tandem thing we get to keep where we're being pulled to the you know to our future but also incredibly grounded and grateful for where we are in our present and finding peace in those places too yeah absolutely it uh orion actually said something the other day um because th- this idea of glorifying the summit is definitely my issue <laughs> mm-hmm. because I'm from, I'm, I'm from an art form, which, sa- which pretty much says that the Oscar, right? Getting the Academy Award is the thing that kids watch that and they practice their Oscar speech. And, um, I, I wonder if ever since then I would, I would have felt like a failure until I get that thing. Right. And I've, but I've now been at houses where the Oscar was right there or like the Emmy was above the toilet. And like, like even Leonardo DiCaprio finally got one and had this moment of like, Oh, that's so weird. I'm finally on the other side of this. And what I think you said that on another podcast episode of if you're not happy here, you won't be happy when you get there. It was just like, that's so true. And so Ryan said the other day, cause I was describing how I feel like I am on a staircase and I need to be way more proud of how far I've come, even if I'm only halfway on the staircase. Um, but I'm a little dreading the top of it. But then once I get to the top, there is a reprieve and I need to remember that. <laughs> and I'm just very results driven, which I'm trying to let go. And he said, well, why don't you just love the step you're on? And I was like, oh, I love you. <laughs> and, you know, keep doing the work that from his musician background, which is very very every day you do your scales right but um to not really live for the auditions live for the concerts one of his uh teachers said that don't live for the performances you know you have to live for you just keep doing the work and love the journey which i'd heard before of course right it's not the destination it's the journey but the way i i for him to kind of lovingly call out my own metaphor at that moment was so helpful for me of like oh yeah what about this one stair because the stair I was even thinking about was in beautiful southern California (laughs) and I could have looked around and been like this is a great stair regardless of where I've been or where I'm going so 
like that that's a success not because of all the stairs that have come before or all the stairs that are about to come just like being there um yeah i love that and the um I, my enneagram wings it's a two wing three and it's called the host so it's the helper and the performer right so it's like a two, but I'm competitive. <laughs> and I think that's really hard, right? To just kind of to harken back to our episode before of we really want to help, but we also want to help a lot of people in a big stadium. And that's okay. <laughs> that kind of wanting to be on a stage. Um, and, and so, yeah. That, that was really clarifying for me um, when you asked me to do that, that, uh, that quiz, because it just kind of honored my dual slash multi-passionate nature. No wonder I have a few things um, to reconcile, but not in a fixed way, <laughs> but just, you know, I, I really feel like I'm finally owning all of myself as career-wise and personally. Because um, as soon as I did that as a person, I found my dude, right? As, as soon as I was so happy being single, I found someone who had, we weren't pouring into each other because we were half full glasses. We were both full, mm -hmm. right? And um, if we, if we, maybe we're at 80 or 90%, we just encourage each other to fill up on our own. And that's what's been a true partnership. It's weird calling him my boyfriend because now we do say partner, you know? Yeah. And uh, that, that will, yeah, that will happen career-wise, but for you to, I love your questions because they just cut through all of my verbose noise. <laughs> For the, the big one for me in this session, because we always have at least one uh, like warm mic drop from Evelyn was why does there have to be a timeline? You know, I think I worked, it was good for me to extend my timeline and not only give myself like a month to make it, but it feels really freeing to me to think about what if there just isn't one at all. So thank you. Absolutely. I need to be reminded of that all the time. So yeah. Evelyn, not. why does that have to be a timeline? <laughs> you're you're not you're not hearing things from me that I didn't need to hear first. <laughs> right. Yeah. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much, Shelby, for being here and for being willing to um open up and talk about these things. I'm grateful for you and grateful for our time together. Same. Thank you so much for this time and for having two different conversations that are so helpful and necessary and model what we look for in ideal clients, but also friends. Yep. It's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. You're a good friend, Evelyn, and a great coach. You're a great friend and a great coach. <laughs> Thanks, sis. That means so much. Thanks, sis. Yay. for being part of this community and for being 
here with me. It means the world. It really does. Um, if there's somebody else that needs to be in this conversation, please share this with them. Um, I would love to continue growing this community. And also, if you have just a quick two or three minutes, um, if you wouldn't mind sharing a review um, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. You know, a lot of times we're making decisions about where to invest our time and our money and our resources, and we check out reviews uh, to make decisions on where we're going to invest our life. So if this has been something to your life, um, which I'm so glad that it does, I would love for you to leave a review and share this podcast with your community so that we can continue to grow um, in knowledge and love with one another. So until next time.